Hi, welcome to the Vine Church podcast, where this week we are privileged to have Pastor Aaron Dowds giving a great message. Enjoy. Mel was invited to the Holy Spirit, which is, which is excellent, and I'm really believing the Holy Spirit to come afresh today and touch you afresh so that we don't just gain knowledge today, but we actually experience God uh, afresh, which we need not just one off at salvation periodically when we go on trips, but we need every day of our lives. If we could just pop uh, this, this on, please, Leah, just so I can change these. Maybe I have to put the mouse on my, onto the other screen that looks about there. Yeah. Just next one. There we go. So if you have the YouVersion Bible app, if you go to click on menu down the bottom and then click on events of your location service device, you can get the notes on there. Um, it's not called 2020 Vision, it's called Our Father. So um, yeah, that's on the YouVersion Bible app, which is free. Okay, let's just hold a second. So before we start, um, just sit back, relax and uh, watch this short video. All stories have a framework. You know, every human being is a story. Prodigal son story is you've got this beautiful emergence of the very being of God inside of our humanity. You've got God the Father, who is a father, and every one of us, male and female, are the sons. And what the Father does is to work, to open up a path so that they know the truth of their being. We are sons and we are to call him Abba, which means I'm a little boy. There's something in us that knows what it is like to desire to be so small and so protected by a great father. Most of us didn't have one, but the few who did really understand what it is to crawl up in his lap and to know that he beams over us. our eyes. Holy Spirit, we welcome you today, and we ask that you would make known afresh today the love of the Father. You would touch our heart and emotions, God, and open our mind's eyes to see our hearts, to feel, to know the depths of your love for each and every one of us. 
in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I remember sitting holding my baby boy, Levi, and holding him close while he was drinking my milk, one of the favorite moments of the day. And I remember uh, just embracing him and holding his cheek close and kissing his head and kissing his cheek and kissing it repeatedly and just absolutely loving that moment and not finding it strange or foreign or unusual or weird at all to kiss, embrace, and to be intimate with my son. The depth of love that you feel for your children would die, you would die for your children. And I felt just this inner voice saying, see son, intimacy doesn't seem strange now, does it? It's not strange to be intimate. I'd kind of struggled with the idea of being intimate with a father figure or being intimate with God or closeness. It just didn't, I don't know, it just didn't seem to connect with me. And God was saying, you see, as you enjoy embracing, no conversation, no words spoken either way, you enjoyed the embrace. You enjoyed and appreciated the closeness. So do I. So do I, son. So do I enjoy your company, your closeness. I just enjoy you and being around you. I want to look today at the subject of our Father. Now, from the beginning of the Old Testament to the New, uh, sorry, from the beginning of the New Testament, the idea of God the Father is presented so frequently that his fatherhood has become a central feature of Christianity. Did you know that God is referred to in the New Testament over 250 times? Um, God is called Father. And God has revealed his Father in every single book of the New Testament apart from one. In fact, no name was used more commonly in the New Testament um, by Jesus than Father. Jesus, how did Jesus teach us to pray? Our Father. Time and time again, Jesus uses the fatherhood of God as a foundation for the truths and his teaching. And something great's happened because my clock's just stopped up the back there. So that means I've got even more time. So my, my clock stopped. So <laughs> uh, time and time again, let's look at a few verses. Therefore, I tell you, Matthew 6, 25, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet, your heavenly Father, Jesus is referring to God as your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? We see in Matthew 7, 9 to 11. Which of you, if your son asks for a bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Jesus used sonship, adoption, relationship, father, son's analogy to show us the relationship 
And Jesus uses the fatherhood of God in his teachings and in his arguments. Another one, Matthew 10, 29 to 31. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside of your father's care. That's phenomenal. A sparrow. Okay. And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. What's the basis of don't be afraid? What's the basis of living without, a f- without fear? The basis is your relationship to Father. The only way to be fear free from fear is to know you're a son or daughter, to know here's your Father, and to know He's in relationship with you. Because you're in relationship and close and intimate with perfect love. And what does perfect love do? It drives out what? Come on, sit nice and loud. What does perfect love do? Drives out? Fear. Fear. So do not be afraid you are worth more than many sparrows. You see, if you don't know your worth, you can't live without fear. If you don't know your worth, you don't know your value, you don't know how good and loving and perfect your father is, you can't live without fear. Now, Jesus presents three aspects of God's fatherhood. And the first one is that God is the father of all people and nations. So in the Bible, we see God described as the father of all people and all nations. So there's a sense in which God is the father of all people. But we see clearly revealed that God, secondly, God is a personal father of all believers. He's not the personal father of all people and all nations, but he is of those who follow him as children. Now this father-child relationship is reserved for believers, for those who follow him. And it's a result of Jesus' death and resurrection. It's why he died, so that you could come to Father. God becomes the father of each believer through adoption. And the Greek word for adoption means to be placed as a son. And in those times, the son received the inheritance. Whether you're male or female is to be placed as God's child and to receive the full inheritance as a child of God. So everything he has is now yours. And we see these in these verses, Romans 8, 14 to 16. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. There we go right there. We could stop and have a whole teaching just on that. We need to be led by the Spirit of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear. Again, there we go. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. Is there any way just turning the brightness of those lights down a little because I can't see your faces and I like to see your faces. Um, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And it's so important that we have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, that we're living in relationship daily and frequently and regularly because it's not knowledge that confirms and testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. It's the Spirit himself. 
It's the spirit that testifies to your spirit. It's beyond words. It's beyond intellect. It's beyond what the mind can comprehend. It's spirit to spirit. It's a spiritual relationship. And that's what we need to live free from fear is we need affirmation that we are God's child. And then we're able to have an unanxious presence regardless of the anxious circumstances of our lives. We're able to have faith, love, and peace. Peace, love, and joy. Peace, love, and joy is is equated with an unanxious presence. And that only comes from a spirit-to-spirit relationship with Father that made possible by the Holy Spirit. I like the, the message where it says, the resurrection life you received from God, Romans 8, 15, the message. It's not a timid, grave-tending life. It's adventurously expecting, greeting God with a childlike, what's next, Papa? <laughs> God's Spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. We know who He is, and we know who we are, father and children. If you want to be emotionally healthy, there's emotional health right there. If you want to have an unanxious presence, if you want to have peace, love, and joy, which Jesus' followers should be known by, and very often that's not the, the, the state that we're in. Very often it's hurried, anxious, worried, uh, sensitive, edgy, irritated, agitated, but it's possible for us to become more and more like Jesus and peace, love, and joy to be the fruit that emanates from us. And we go into chaos with peace, love, and joy. And we transform like thermostats the temperature of the environment of the workplace. We go into tense, uptight, agitated atmospheres and we bring the kingdom. We, we bring peace because we're in peace. We bring joy because there's an inner joy. Even when there's no reason for joy in the natural place and God's people transform their worlds. And then um, the Passion Translation of Love as well, which says, the mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. So relationship with the Holy Spirit is foundational, it's key, it's essential to peace, love, and joy. It's essential to being a follower of Jesus Christ. And it's so easy to slip away from, it's so easy to fall away from, it's so easy to fall into a servant-type mentality where we're working hard for a master, or it's so easy to run and flee to other pleasures to fill the void that only the love of the Father can truly fill. And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty, leading you back into the fear. See, it's always fear and love, fear and love, fear and love. The only way to overcome fear is love. Perfect love drives out fear. And so when we're not walking in perfect love, in relationship and closeness and intimacy with perfect love, fear overtakes us, insecurity overtakes us. Therefore, anxiety comes, therefore our peace is disrupted, and therefore we can't walk in peace, love, and joy because we're insecure, we interpret things wrongly. It's either fear or love. You did not receive the spirit of religious duty, but you have received the spirit of full acceptance enfolding you into the family of God, and you will never feel orphaned. 
I believe every soul has an orphan spirit when they're separated from the father. In the natural, a child that is raised separated from their natural father has an orphan spirit because they have a longing to be with their parents, their mother and the father. And so when they're disconnected, there's something missing. There's something absent. There's a longing to be reconnected. And you see that as they grow up, they long to be reconnected to the natural father and mother, their, their, their parents. And in the spiritual, that is true because God is the father of all people. But we are separated and disconnected from God. And that's why Jesus came, that we could come home to father. So in every human being, there is a, and this is what is described as a hole, a darkness, an emptiness, a longing, a searching. There's something not right. And we try to pack it full with drugs, sex, work, success, activity, busyness. Even in Christianity, we can slip away from this place of security. And we can, we can act like an orphan and have an orphan spirit when we're not close to father when we're not walking like the older son in his story of the prodigal son the older son would remain in the house yet he was distant from father he was there but he was working he was working hard to please so even though he was in the house like many christians we can be in the house and working hard for father trying to please him and the father's like i want to feed you your milk son <laughs> come close Come close, walk in intimacy and in relationship with me, and you will never feel orphaned, for he rises up within us, our spirits joining him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved Father. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us. The Trinity is essential. We come through the Spirit, through the atoning work of Jesus Christ on the cross, but the object is come home to Father. It's the Father, Son, and Spirit working together. And Holy Spirit is essential. Relationship with the Holy Spirit is essential in all these verses. Beloved Father, for the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being. You are God's beloved child. If we constantly had this awareness, this belief, then the anxious circumstances of our life would not disrupt our unanxious presence. We would be able to have an unanxious, calm presence, no matter what is going on in our life. As long as my okayness depends on the okayness of my circumstances, I'm rarely going to feel okay. Because my circumstances, most often than not, are not okay. And so I need to get to the place where spiritually I have the peace, security, and knowledge. I'm a child of God, and I'm okay with things not being okay in my life. I'm okay when things are not okay. I'm okay when I don't know what the result is going to be from the doctor. I'm okay with that. I'm okay because I know that not a sparrow falls to the ground without the will of the Father. And I know I'm of more value to the Father. And so it doesn't matter what may come. I am a child of God. And so I can walk okay. And I've been challenged by this. Aaron, are you, you okay only when everything's okay? Only when everything's going well. And only because if that's the only time you're going to be okay, you're not going to be okay, son. 
because in this life you have trouble and there's lots of things out with your control. There's lots of things you cannot manage and handle. So spiritual maturity is getting to that place of being okay with not things not being okay because I don't need to be in control. My father's in control. I'm a son and I'm loved. Now God, the third way is that God is the unique father of Jesus. So we had a sense in which God is the father of all people and all nations. Secondly, God is the personal father to all believers. But the third way, the fatherhood of God was God is the unique father of Jesus. And Jesus is described as God's only son. Jesus has a special relationship with father that no one else has. And it points to God's unique fatherhood of Jesus. Mark 9, 7 says, Then a cloud appeared and covered him, and a voice came from the cloud, This is my son, whom I love. Listen to him. Now we all know the famous verse, John 3, 16, For God so loved the world, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So what was it that set the whole plan of salvation in motion? It was the father's love and desire for his children to come home. It was the father's longing to be reconnected, set the whole plan of salvation in motion. If God was okay with being distant from his child, why would salvation be necessary? But he's not okay with being separated from his child, as a father is not okay being separated from his baby, because what does the father long for? He longs for intimacy. He longs for relationship. He's not okay with his son being in a distant land. He wants his son to come and be home. I want my children home. And that is what set in place the motion of whole salvation. And we see this in John 14, verse 6, which says, I am the way, not the destination. He's the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father. Just let those words, comes to the Father. There is God's desire right there come to the Father, except through me. This is God's desire that we come to the Father. Jesus described himself as the way, not the destination, the way to the Father. His desire is that all of us would come to Father through him by the Holy Spirit, the Trinity at work. And he makes it possible for us to come to Father. He doesn't want us just to come once off in salvation or when we're on retreat, an occasional visit to Father's house. But he wants us to stay, which is a perpetual posture, awareness of coming to him, being with him, living in relationship with him. And Jesus said we can come to him through Jesus. We can come to the Father through Jesus Christ. Jeremy Riddle, the worship leader, he says it quite nicely like this. Let's say this. Um, I think there's a lot of confusion about intimacy. Um, and um, it, it's, it's not a song style. It, it, it's, it's not a lyrical style. Like, um, intimacy is a posture. And if I were to go to the depths of it, intimacy is our inheritance. Like, we, we, we serve a God who has brought us close. Like, like that's the, he shed his blood. Um, to bring us from a place to, to, to bridge the chasm, to bring us into his very presence. Intimacy is where we get to live. Intimacy 
is, 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 is our new way of life. So intimacy is not a song style. It's, 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 not, it's, not, a, it's not a style unique you know, to, to a, a church movement. It was meant to be something unique to the body of Christ because they're his bride. Therefore, there is intimacy. He, he, he's not the God that keeps his people far off. He's the God who brings his people right into his presence. Like that, that's our, our, our heritage. That's our inheritance. And, and, I, and I, I think sometimes people have confused intimacy with being a certain kind of style, you know, of, of song, you know, when, when the truth is intimacy can be reverent. Intimacy um, can be celebratory. Intimacy can be joyful. Um, it, it is basically, it's all of life, but life lived before the face of our Father. Life lived in the presence of, of our King. Life lived in communion with the Holy Spirit and, and with each other. And all of the things that, that come with that, that is intimacy. And um, as Heidi Baker used to say, it's like, when you know God's brought you close, like why would we stay on the outside? And I still see so much of our style and our, like our, our language. It's, it's like we're way out here because it's comfortable to, to be way out here. It's comfortable for us. It's, it's very, it's almost disconcerting when we realize that we've been invited close. We've been invited into the very presence of the king. But when we realize, when we begin to grasp that he is here, like he is, he is among us. And as John Wimber used to say, like worship is a two-way street. It's not just us lifting our songs way, way high up there to heaven. It, it's also like worship is this two-way street where God comes and God invades and God breathes and God rests and God interacts. And, you know, in, in that when we begin to worship with that understanding, with that expectation that he is alive, he's on our, in our midst, he, like it changes our tone. It changes our posture. There's a lot of things that we do because we don't think that God's in the room. <laughs> There's a lot of ways that we lead because we don't realize that he's right there. Like, and, and if we were begin to grasp that and realize that, it would change the way that we write. It would change like, like our songs. And, and it, it, it's, it's, it's a posture. And you can tell like when certain people, for me, I look for the posture. I don't, I don't analyze the song. I, I look for the posture. I look for the tone. You know, I, I look for the countenance of a person. Um, do they carry intimacy? Do, do I feel their connection to the Lord? Do I feel the connection of the people? Do I feel like that people, are they, are they worshiping like the King of Kings and Lord of Lords is in their midst? Like that's what I look for. It's, it's, it's less about a song. And I see that manifesting all over the earth. Like I don't see it manifesting a particular thing. Like, and, and it may not necessarily be the, 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 the kind of main you know, things, but I, you know, movements that are even necessarily known for spearheading worship right now, I just see it popping up all over the earth, genuine hunger for God, genuine desire for connection, and people worshiping from, from, from that place of bringing their whole lives before the king. I, I see that springing up. So I couldn't, couldn't break it down to just like, a, like, a, like how it's manifesting in, in, in song. I'm looking for how it's manifesting the tone in a community. I'll make that link possible so that uh, you can see it. But, you know, Father's desire is that we are always with him. And he desires this intimate, close relationship with him. Not a slaving away for him. Not a slave mentality. Not working hard to try and win his approval or his reward. But enjoying him. Enjoying being his presence. Enjoying his company. And in the parable of the prodigal son, Jesus, he reveals the father's desire for you when 
he speaks to the older son. He says, my son, the father said, you are always with me. That's his desire. You're always with me, with me and everything I have is yours. But the older son, he did not fully appreciate the blessing of being in the house. Imagine that's you for a second. Imagine that you were always with Father. Because Father is perfect love. This is what we've got to get here. If we're always with Him, we're coming close. And Lindsay wonderfully explained when she spoke last that when you hold hands, there's a recalibration of brain waves where your brain waves sink. And so that holding hands is a great picture of an analogy of intimacy with the Father, that when you come close and you come close to perfect love, it drives out fear. The peace sinks with anxiety in your mindset. That's true spirituality when we come to the place. Anxiety is epidemic of anxiety. And as Christians, we have to get to the place where our brains are synced, that we can walk in peace, that we go untroubled. Yeah, we go to, we go to Father troubled. We go anxious. We go uptight. We go a mess. But we come close to Father. We get close and our brains and minds sink. This is Father's desire, relationship. No one comes to me except through me, said Jesus. And Jesus came so that we could come to Father. Not even work for Father, work hard for Father. They're just the natural outworking and the fruit of this relationship. It's, the, it's almost the, the byproduct. More, you see, God needs you more than he needs your works. And more important than your works is your love. God's more concerned how well you love people, especially those closest in your life. God's more concerned that than, than your work. But our priority and our focus is very often on what I'm working for Jesus. And if, if that's good, then, then that's good. No, God's priority is how well am I loving people? Because the whole law is summed up in this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the second is like of equal significance, important weight, gra uh, importance, gravity. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love is what we need. And I'm going to uh, try and bring this to an end and draw this to a close. I'm going to show a video just now and ask the Holy Spirit to come and, and touch you afresh. But you see, some of us have had fathers that have not embraced us. Some of us have never had a father that's embraced us. Some have never been held, affirmed, loved, encouraged. Some fathers have been good fathers, but they've not been able to encourage because they've never had that model to them by their fathers. Even the best father in the world has hurt us or not met our expectations because the only thing that can truly meet our deepest needs 
is no human being. Finding the perfect partner will never meet or satisfy your deepest needs. Only thing that can truly fulfill you is the love of the Father. And you may have been a Christian for many years, but you can carry an orphan spirit because maybe you've been working hard, but he wants you to come close. I'm going to ask Father to do that today, to embrace you, to speak the words of love and affirmation to you, maybe that your father never did. You see, some of your anger, some of your pain, the roots of it go boil down to this orphan spirit, this disconnection, this lack of affirmation and love that you've had as a baby, even from the woman and an upbringing as a child, but God can heal as he comes close, as, as we let him, as we let him come close. So would you just take a minute just now as we show this last video and close your eyes while I pray for a second. I want you to watch this video. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love. God, we thank you for sending Jesus that we could come to Father and so Holy Spirit, we invite you right now to fill this place right now. God, we want to know not just knowledge, not just facts, not just in our minds. We want your spirit to affirm to our spirit that we are God's children. We ask you today, Holy Spirit, come. Would everyone just repeat after me? Heavenly Father, send your spirit. I need your spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, fill me now. Reveal to me the depth of Father's love. Would you touch my emotions? Would you help me to open up to your Holy Spirit to receive the Father's touch, the Father's love, as if it's the very first time, and to keep receiving that love every day of my life, in Jesus' name. Would you just watch this video and let the, the Holy Spirit sink these words deep into your soul. The words you are about to experience are true. They will change your life if you let them. For they come from the very heart of God. He loves you. And he is the father you have been looking for all your life. This is his love letter to you. My child, you may not know me, but I know everything about you. I know when you sit down and when you rise up. I am familiar with all your ways. Even the very hairs on your head are numbered. For you were made in my image. In me you live and move and have your being. For you are my offspring. I knew you even before you were conceived. I chose you when I planned creation. You were not a mistake. For all your days are written in my book. 
I determine the exact time of your birth and where you would live. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I knit you together in your mother's womb and brought you forth on the day you were born. I have been misrepresented by those who don't know me. I am not distant and angry, but am the complete expression of love. And it is my desire to lavish my love on you, simply because you are my child and I am your father. I offer you more than your earthly father ever could, for I am the perfect father. Every good gift that you receive comes from my hand, for I am your provider and I meet all your needs. My plan for your future has always been filled with hope, because I love you with an everlasting love. My thoughts toward you are countless as the sand on the seashore, and I rejoice over you with singing. I will never stop doing good to you, for you are my treasured possession. I desire to establish you with all my heart and all my soul, and I want to show you great and marvelous things. If you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. Delight in me and I will give you the desires of your heart, for it is I who gave you those desires. I am able to do more for you than you could possibly imagine. For I am your greatest encourager. I am also the Father who comforts you in all your troubles. When you are brokenhearted, I am close to you. As a shepherd carries a lamb, I have carried you close to my heart. One day, I will wipe away every tear from your eyes and I'll take away all the pain you have suffered on this earth. I am your Father, and I love you even as I love my Son, Jesus. For in Jesus, my love for you is revealed. He is the exact representation of my being. He came to demonstrate that I am for you, not against you, and to tell you that I am not counting your sins, Jesus died so that you and I could be reconciled. His death was the ultimate expression of my love for you. I gave up everything I loved that I might gain your love. If you receive the gift of my son Jesus, you receive me, and nothing will ever separate you from my love again. Come home and I'll throw the biggest party heaven has ever seen. I have always been Father, and will always be Father. My question is, will you be my child? I am waiting for you. Love, your dad, Almighty God. Let's, let's stand to our feet, shall we? Asda, can you just put that song on and we'll get the, the band back up? Just pop that song on. Let's just, let's just stay in that. Uh, you're able to pop that song on in the background. Let's just stay in his presence. Father, we just ask your Holy Spirit would just come afresh today. Touch each person. Move in this place.
If you're able and comfortable just to do this, just to show God that you're open to His Holy Spirit, just, just go take a few minutes to ask the Holy Spirit to come in and I'll ask the band. We'll just have the song playing for a couple of minutes and then I'll ask the band just to start playing. But Holy Spirit, just move in this place right now. Father, reveal your love all afresh today, all over this room right now. Just come, fill each person right now, I pray. Would you touch each heart and affirm with each spirit that they are your child and you are their father? Would you open their minds today? Come, Holy Spirit, we just welcome you in this place. Just receive. Just receive his love for you. Receive his love. Speak to every heart today, God. Thank you, Jesus. Move in this place, Father. Take us back to our first love. Come and comfort those who are grieving. Heal those who are suffering. Heal bodies, sickness, emotional pain. We ask you, Lord, to heal with your love, damage that has been done to psyches and minds and emotions through unloving actions or lack of fathering in our own lives. And God, we ask that you would draw each person close right now. Holy Spirit, come. Feel your love all over afresh. Move in this place, we ask you. Receive. Receive. His touch right now. His love wants to heal the lies from your mind. The hurtful words that have been shouted at you. The doubting words of your own mind. Painful words he wants to heal right now. Receive his love afresh. Let his love drive out fear. Let his love take the anxious, uptight feelings in your chest. Let us peace come now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We need you, Lord. We can't fix ourselves. So we come to you. Just say, Father, let us walk. Let us come to you, Father, not as a, a one-off, but you draw us close, Lord. We'll be a church of love. A church who loves you. A church of an unanxious presence and a church that brings love and peace in the kingdom. 
all over this city in Jesus' name. Just stay in that presence and allow God to do his work in you. We're just going to hand over the band just to close in a few songs of worship. If you don't know Jesus, you're not a Christian today. You just believe Jesus Christ. He died on the cross. You receive him into your life. And he accepts you as his child. We've got a gold bag for you. If you want to find out more or if you have uh, just want to receive Jesus today, we've got a team at the back with some gold bags. And uh, just go and see them either just now. It would be great if you could do that just now, actually, because chances are you'll forget at the end of the service. Just if you want the Father to come into your life and need him, just go to the back. The, the team at the back will just... Uh, give you a gold bag. Okay, we're going to finish with a couple of songs of worship. Thank you. But let's stay. Keep receiving, by the way. Keep receiving. Stay open to what the Holy Spirit does through the worship. Thank you, Lynn.